Yeah, I haven't seen any roadside attractions of clay yet, but maybe we'll find them as we welcome Doug Kirby from RoadsideAmerica.com. Thanks for joining us, Doug. Hey, Rowe. How are you doing? All right. Uh, I don't know if it was you I talked to in 1986 or so in Denver when, when this first came out, when I, to my horror, said, my God, I, I, I must have no friends. I've been to all these attractions. I do nothing. Uh, yep. There were yeah, there were four of us back then. Uh, there, there's still several of us, several of us doing it, and uh, we're still having great fun out on the road with it. Yeah, well, I remember in 1992, I actually was in Rockford, not too far from Chicago, and that's when uh, that's when the new Roadside America came out. The version I still have in my uh, my hot hands because uh, wow. it still was the case. But I'm I'm so glad we're talking because as I was I was saying, I, I may need psychological help. I'm so upset about the thing. Now, I don't know if you or your crew has been there since the remodel. Well, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I think we had to do that by remote because we'd Uh been there so many other times when it was the classic old thing. And then we heard it was getting that whole makeover Mm -hmm. and being modernized. So Mm -hmm. we were pretty horrified by that. And uh, we've heard from some travelers. They seem to enjoy it. So it's that usual thing where you... You think your neighborhood was great, and everybody that comes later, you know, is not going to get it. But they never saw the great neighborhood, so the, the neighborhood they're in is great, you know. So well, the, the new thing is fine. <laughs> well, it's it's not, though, and I'll, I'll argue my point here. And, uh, of course, the whole thing about the thing was it was a play on words. And you'd go through there. I mean, you, you'd get Homer Tate at the end of it with the thing, but you'd go through it, and they'd show, like, Hitler's car. You remember this. And the thing was yeah. they weren't sure. And uh, then they'd show other historical things but the thing was they weren't sure and that was such a wonderful play on words you know the thing was then you got to the thing and they claimed it was a lot of things but the thing was they weren't sure of any of it well they took away that it's no longer the thing is it's now what if <laughs> yes. well I, th- that does happen we see that happen with attractions <sighs> one of the the big uh traps that an attraction can fall into sometimes is computerizing everything, where they decide, oh, the kids, they just want the interactive. Let's put up touch screens and have interactive puzzles. And then they they all start to break, or the the software goes out of date, or it gets hacked. And eventually, you just have all these broken computer interfaces. So, you know, we, we do tend to trust the places that keep the old uh, you know, mannequins and the dusty cabinets and, and those kind of displays, those those tend to stay pretty fun. Well, what I, 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 I don't know anybody at Boland's, and they certainly, if you drive I-10 or even I-40 in, in New Mexico, you know Boland's, the TP, the trading post, and everything else. Uh, could they, did they completely miss the joke? <laughs> I, well, or they thought that the joke, they you know, they've been telling the same joke for so so long that... I guess they wanted to try something new, and it's that you know, the Jurassic Park effect we saw with all the dinosaur parks across the country, where they went from being these sort of cool, you know, concrete dinosaurs that were ridiculous looking, they were sort of cartoony, to all of a sudden everybody needed to do velociraptors and have all the science built into it, and the kids wanted to see, you know, all the actual science of the dinosaurs. So we we lost a little bit of that old crazy Ray Harryhausen animated dinosaur look of the of the past. Yeah, and not only that, but the thing itself is gone. And uh, my, my favorite thing about the thing, you probably are aware of this in Roadside America, was in 2002, a Native American group and a group of historians determined that the thing was the mummified remains of Hohokam and Papago people, and it deserved last rites. Yes, okay. That, that, uh, that has been happening, I guess, since the, uh, the 80s the uh, Repatriation Act, where uh, a lot of the attractions that had 
burial mounds and skeletons and things, all all that was sorted out quite a while ago. So I'm surprised that the, the thing hung on for so Well, long. here's the thing. The thing was paper mache. Uh, the thing was Homer Tate. And Homer Tate was this, this Mormon guy, and it's important I say that because his family was so devout they made him stop doing it, and that's why we don't have as much. But anyway, he made these papier-mâché mummies and men-animal hybrids and other creations, the devil babies and the wolf boys. They look lifelike, or maybe I should say death-like, because he picked up bones and hides and hair from the desert. And in fact, I guess it was just a few years ago in Holbrook, the police got a call about three mummified pygmies. And sure enough, it turned out they sent it to a museum. It was Homer Tate creation. I mean, none of <laughs> none of this is real. And uh, this guy from 1943 on would uh, would do this stuff. Actually, before that, probably 1940, he would make all these things, and he was probably the single biggest purveyor of this. So none of this could have been repatriated. It was paper mache. And here the Hohokam and Papagos are saying, no, we need to give it last rites. So. Are you saying that some of these attractions actually had real stuff? Well, yeah, I, I think some of them do. And part of this, we always took this approach with Roadside America. We we want to be in that fantasy bubble that's created by the attraction. So if you go to a place where water runs uphill and they think it's because yeah. a flying saucer crashed and it's still buried in the, in the ground, just go along with it. You'll enjoy the tour better. If you stand there and start picking it apart, you're just going to make everybody else in the tour miserable. Exactly. Now, my favorite line from the book was about the Corn Palace. And my favorite year, by the way, that was 1999, the Elvis year. But if the Soviet Union could grow enough to feed itself, this is what the Kremlin would look like. That is hilarious. <laughs> Truly hilarious. Well, thank you, yes. And, uh, and, and you're so right. And, uh, you know, you have to actually see the Corn Palace to understand its, its glamour. And it, uh, as you say in the book, it was originally competing with the Grain Palace in Plankinton. But uh, the Grain Palace, I guess, when did it go away? Yeah, that that disappeared from the landscape much earlier. You know, a lot of these attractions, when you start to dig into the history, you'll find there were uh, lesser or earlier versions, and then just something finally got enough of, the, of an establishment that that's that's what what we know. That's the only thing we know is the Mitchell Corn Palace. They really branded it as that's the place to see the Corn Palace. Well, it is. Uh, there, you know, what what else do you do there? Go to Taco John's, get the smothered burrito. That's about it. You know, and then you're. <laughs> You're done with Mitchell after that, you know. So, so what was great when we did those early books is uh, the other three guys are writers. They're humorists, and, and I'm a writer and, and a cartoonist. So we approach this stuff not as travel writers, but just really looking for the joke out there. And But we realized, you know, you had to go out and look at this stuff and let it speak for itself. You know, we don't, didn't need to insert too many gags in there. These places are funny enough on their own. And, of course, the more you go to them, the more you just start to fall in love with what they're doing. So, you know, what might have started as, hey, let's make fun of all the people that have built palaces out of hubcaps. It's like, well, once you see enough of them, you're like, you're really rooting for those guys. You really want them to finish. And, you know, so that's sort of part of the, the evolution of Roadside America over the decades is we have an iPhone app. Uh, we're helping people get to the, you know, the exact spot. If something closes, we change the status and take it off the maps immediately. And so, we're, you know, we're, we're working hard to make this fun for everybody. 
Originally, most of these attractions were like on the old U.S. Highway Route 66, the Mother Road, of course, and others, where you could just kind of drive by, and they would be almost like like uh, carniacs. But after that, a lot of these got serious. And uh, you can't drive through the South without thousand bull- uh, billboards saying "See Rock City," "See Ruby Falls," and uh, and all of that. But how many? And of course, you know, you look at things like Wall Drug, which is an industry for God's sakes. But how many of them are still roadside stands? They're they're not as yeah. You're right. There's not as many of those because uh, you know there wasn't that type of travel going on anymore, where people could just pull off you know every every quarter mile, and it's sort of uh, boiled down to certain areas, like if you go to Wisconsin Dells, Branson, Pigeon Forge, those are tourist meccas where mm-hmm. you can get a little bit of that experience of that that hardened ball of uh, entertainment, uh, wax museums, uh, you watch it, fudge shops, you know, all, the, all the, the crazy stuff they put in those towns. But then as you go out across the country, um, Route 66 has preserved some of it, but Route 66 is mostly about the Route 66 brand. You know, people go on there because they want to say that they've had that experience. And so there's not a whole lot of new stuff that we see happening on Route 66. We actually see more happening on the other roads. Um, So that, you know, I mean, it's it's ever-evolving. Now, it's interesting that some of these things are almost past tense. I had lived for a while in Bedford, Indiana, and I never heard of this pyramid, but then I realized this pyramid's a little more recent, and uh, the limestone capital of the world. Uh, apparently, work began, work stopped, and now there's a pyramid with, uh, what, weeds growing through it? Yeah, so that was, when we did the first book, we had a, a postcard which showed this magnificent pyramid down there in Bedford, and it, apparently it just never got... We did some research and found out that money had run out or whatever had happened. And so eventually we went to the site, and you could see this massive foundation. If the thing had continued on, you would have had this gigantic uh, pyramid down there. But uh, So there, there are people that are interested in just to see those noble failures that are out there. You'll find remnants of attractions that almost got built or something that was there for only a year and then uh, disappeared. And, and that, that was one of them. Uh, that was actually part of a a thematic thing about pyramids we did, just that there are a lot of pyramids around the United States. Yeah, Be- Beaver uh, Dam, I know in Wisconsin has one, and Memphis has a pyramid. So, yeah, yeah, pyramids yeah. are increasingly popular. I hear they're actually going to tear down the Luxor in Las Vegas, talk about pyramids. So I was kind of sad about that, because that was... So- yeah, that one is... Uh, of course, we loved that when it was just totally the Egyptian theme right. uh, inside and out, and then they reduced a lot of that because it's a commercial enterprise, and, and that w- they didn't really want to attract families to Las Vegas the way they did uh, during that period, I guess it was in the 1990s. So you see that up and down the Strip now where it's it's not so much getting the families on the Strip because the families don't gamble and they don't spend money. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. This is fascinating to me, because, of course, yes, it did go to the families, and uh, we all hated that, because there went our free parking and everything else, and things suddenly, there there was the free buffets and all the things that we knew, and... Uh, I had no idea that they were trying to do away with that because today gambling is on every corner. There's an Indian reservation near you, guaranteed. Well, who are they trying to attract? I, yeah, it's, well, Las Vegas is separate. We, even when we write about it on our website, it's always a separate deal because, you know, if you're talking about where you're going to see your Eiffel Tower replica, 
we've got a whole section on Eiffel Towers around the country, but you go to Las Vegas and that's 10 times bigger than every other one. So Las Vegas does everything at such a, a huge extravagant scale that it's its own experience. And, uh, you know, we, we include it as part of Roadside America, but, uh, you know, it, it is it is somewhat mainstream. And, uh, and of course, there's things for families there. It's just the the family the turning it into a Disney World didn't quite work it didn't, out but the way what? they were maybe thinking twenty five years ago. So, but think about that. What are they going to do? Because when you can gamble, you know, near and dear to your house or whatever, not that far. You don't have to come to Las Vegas for the experience. Uh, I wonder who they're actually going after. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of things uh, going on there, and uh, you know, it's it's been such a big convention center. Oh yeah. So you know. It's, Hard yeah. to beat that. And it's it's become a city too. You know, we used to like to go in the sixties, it was still a town. And uh, now, my God, traffic tie-ups everywhere. So, uh, But a lot of these uh, attractions, no traffic tie-ups whatsoever. You can just drive right up and uh, to your heart's content. And I love that you had the Watts Towers in there. That was good. Uh, I was originally from Los Angeles, being an Angelino. People would come to town, and they'd want to see the damnedest things. Watts Towers was on the list. The other thing is I want to see the Hotel Figueroa where, uh, on Figueroa where Sam Cooke uh, was killed. So we had all, all the death spots. Now, I did notice in Roadside America, you tend to stay away from death spots. Well, we do, though we have them on our, our website, and uh, we do have people who who are interested in going to places if it was a celebrity that they loved or a musician, uh, and especially if it's a, there's an ostentatious uh, grave, the Almond Brothers grave, you know, there's you go there and that's a little more extravagant, and you can always tell a lot of fans have been there by the the bottles and things that are left around. So, <laughs> well, yes, uh, yes, and, and yeah, and so that's if we tried not to to just get too far into the dark stuff all the time. Uh, we mix that in amongst the the more happy go lucky attractions that people go to, and especially right now with the uh, the pandemic and everything, you know, people are sort of losing their minds, needing to get out on the road. And a lot of the uh, traditional museums are still closed. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, but we went through our list, and it looks like about two-thirds of the places we cover, there's really no problem. If As long as your state isn't locked down, these are things that are not really traveled too much. Uh, they're usually easy to get to. They're fun to see. They're outdoors. Uh, some of them are gated, but once you get inside the gate, then it's all outdoors. So... We think that's pretty positive for most of those kind of attractions, but we're a little worried about the the museums, especially the small mom and pop museums. Oh yeah, no, they're absolutely. It's 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 devastating for them. Uh, you know, I think of Miami. I think of the monkey jungle and the parrot jungle, but I didn't know about the wild monkeys of Dania Beach Boulevard. So yeah, right, and that was a tip we we just put up. Uh, that's a place where there's wild monkeys out. You know, you can just pull up, and they're on a fence. Uh, I think it's next to a, a motel. We have a picture today that somebody submitted feeding a, an orange to a monkey. Yeah. So that that is just sort of an unofficial thing. Of course, there's no, you know, you, you're at your own risk. You're eating those monkeys. So what? Well, right. uh, Right, it's not it's not not like the monkey jungle, and uh, you know. Uh, right. So now that you have to explain for the, the monkey jungle, the their classic conceit was that the visitors are in the cage and the monkeys roam free. So you walk up those corridors, which are just 
you know, the, the fence, the, the cages, and then the monkeys are all around you, but they can't get to you. Right. Unless right. they get right over the top of you. <laughs> well, well, there is that. Now, unlike the parrot jungle, where they, they love to have you uh, stick your arms out and be photographed with, you know, six parrots, one's on your head, right? And then the others are, at, well, I'll tell you what, those parrots get freaked, they dig right into you, I still have scars. Yeah, yeah, and, and then that uh, Hawaiian shirt's going to need to be laundered immediately. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just uh, now, I, also I have a great, I have a great picture of my dad from the 1950s with all the parrots on his shoulders. He shot uh, eight, uh, oh. 16 millimeter movie, and yeah. so we have a family uh, record of that. Yeah, I think the last time I was like 1961, but I had the same picture, and thank God I, I all I have now is the scars. But uh, obviously, at WGN in Chicago, we've got quite a lot of Chicago attractions. Yes, yes, there's uh, there's plenty to do in Chicago. Um, there, you know, during during these times, these trying times, I'm not sure we're we're basically telling people to get out of the city. So, uh, but if you're if you're going to stick local, you know, there are plenty of uh, statues and uh, landmarks and things. You get the start of Route 66, of course, happens right, right downtown. Right. And um, I think there's a, there's a sort of a cool um, surgical museum in town, but I yes. imagine that would be closed right now. Yeah, the Museum of Surgical Science. And the thing, I haven't been there. I, I want to. It reminds me of what I expect the Mutters Museum in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. The Mutter the Mutter Museum in uh, in Philadelphia that is a really intense one. The the, uh, the Surgical Science Museum is is doesn't have as many uh, medical specimens and things like that. It's got more equipment. It's more about the tools of the trade. Yeah, and uh, some of the some of those tools are just just frightening based on on your descriptions and uh, <laughs> the antique gynecological instruments and uh, what was there some fork in the 1600s used for breast amputation? I don't want to think about that. Yeah, and you, it's funny sometimes you see things like that in a medical museum, and then you'll be over at like medieval times looking <laughs> at their mini torture museum, and you'll see the same tool. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, and you wonder, and that, that of course makes us wonder, in, in centuries from now, will they look at our medicine as equally primitive? Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking here, you know, uh, there's a Weber Grill restaurant downtown that has a giant Weber Grill hanging out yeah. over the top, Yeah, and that, that's, that's a good example where, it's, yes, it's something big, it's a grill, that's kind of funny, but, it, but it's in a, in a city, so it's really, it's dwarfed by the scale of the buildings around it. So some of these things... Uh, come off a little bit better in photos and, you know, as a discovery if you're out in the middle of the wasteland and you see a giant grill. And this, this of course, as we're looking at some of this, I was looking at Alton, Illinois, the Lincoln-Douglas debate, and a very sad night for Chicago. The mayor has announced she's going to tear down the Christopher Columbus statue in Grant Park. So, uh, and I have been inviting people to call, should you be interested, 888-876-5593. We are talking about RoadsideAmerica.com and what's near you, no matter where you are or where you're from. I'm Raleigh James, and it's WGN Radio. By the way, if you want to join us, 888-876-5593-8888. Raleigh, I've been sitting here at the same time looking at uh, some of the uh, comments regarding what's going on in Chicago with Lori Lightfoot's decision to pull down this statue, and it's just, just criminal in my mind. I just, and maybe you have a different point of view. 
and uh, happy to happy to hear it. But uh, we're also talking with uh, with uh, Doug Kirby, who is the publisher for Roadside America, RoadsideAmerica.com. Now I have the I have the hard copy, and I just discovered looking through the book that there was a museum of museums. So we'll get to that, I'm sure. But uh, James from Chicago wants to weigh in on the statute. So James, what do you think? I think that there, uh, that it should have been kept with some context given to okay the the good the bad and the ugly of this. But unfortunately, apparently, our history classes are already taught at least at the grade school and and high school level as homogenized. That's why most people don't know history. Yes. So. It's uh, it just goes to show what's okay. Uh, you okay if you uh, a country that forgets about its history uh, kind of forgets itself. Absolutely, I agree with you a hundred percent, and I think that would have been an excellent compromise. Uh, take that uh, statute and have an exhibit putting it into perspective, and they could have uh, certainly shown divergent point of views. That that's a great idea, James. And I'm I'm very sorry that they're going the expedient way of appeasement. I don't I don't think it's a benefit to anybody. Apparently they okay after the activists and then they the activists some of them playing reporters that okay if if you know, okay the paper the other day where supposedly one uh, so one uh, 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 activist supposedly told a reporter that uh, he wouldn't have his microphone I'm like mm. uh, that's uh, that's not particularly good either. No, but it's that, not. That's what we're times we live in. I'm so glad you called. Nice Thanks, James. And you know that that brings me, Doug, to uh, to a question I would have otherwise never thought to have asked, and that is: Have there been any roadside attractions that have been closed due to political correctness? <laughs> Let me get my list. <laughs> really? Oh, good, good, well, good. I, I mean, in in the sense that uh, things get taken down, and uh, you know, one of the things we've always tried to do uh, is we try to find the lighter side of, of the places we go sure. to. And so, even if we wrote about a Confederate statue, let's say it was because maybe it was a horribly rendered Confederate statue that was made, you know, the subject matter look like an idiot, and mm. you know, it, it wasn't because we wanted to enshrine the Confederacy. It's like, no, this is a terrible statue, and right. the reason you should come here is because it's it's a bad statue. Right, it's so, so awful, yeah. But, but there's not really a climate where that is even acceptable. So actually, I have something for you here. Uh, in uh, McKinley Park in Chicago, yeah. uh, there's a uh, McKinley statue, but it started as a Columbus statue that was melted down and turned into McKinley. So really? That, I thought kind of an interesting little factoid. What's interesting about it is, well, if he was a Columbus statue now, he'd be maybe getting torn down. But the McKinleys are being torn down now. There was one out here in Arcata, California, that was uh, taken down in the last few years because uh, the politics have kind of shifted about the view of, of whether he was a good guy. So, uh, so you know, it, it's interesting that, that the statues are um, kind of coming under fire. And... Uh, you know, we think that there's a way to appreciate some of these for other aspects about them, whether it's the history or it's just like, oh, remember that silly period when all the politicians were putting up statues that had nothing to do with, uh, 
you know, the current day. But no, you know, I mean, that isn't the way things are going to go here. So, In fact, I just looked at it. Right on RoadsideAmerica.com, I get to see the recycled McKinley was Columbus uh, story and statute, by the way. And it's, uh, it's fascinating to me because... Most people, when you just man on the street interviews, you know, Leno made that famous uh, years ago where they'd interview people about, like, who's the vice president. People would know things of this nature. I, I defy anybody, you know, for the most part, other than people who are historians, to tell me what President McKinley did, you know, one way or another. Yet you have people who are, and, you know, obviously we could we could talk about legislation and, and you know, all the tariffs. but But for the most part... Why would anyone want to tear down a McKinley statue? It, it, correct. And, and you know, we did actually a whole section. It's called a Mountain of McKinley um, Attractions. And it's all interesting things that are around the country about McKinley. But one of the things was he, he fought in the Civil War, and the monument to him from the Civil War has him serving hot coffee to the troops because <laughs> one of his jobs was to run out with a pot of coffee under enemy fire because he was a young guy then, and you know, much later became president. So we think, well, that's like a great way to tap into history. If you like coffee, <laughs> if you like sort of a funny you know, monument, go out and look at this, and you're going to get a part of the Civil War that is a little off the usual you know, things you hear about. Yeah, and then we get to the Atomic Age. Oh, it's all on RoadsideAmerica.com. You should check it out. Doug Kirby is my guest. You're welcome to join me. I'd love to hear from you. It can be about roadside attractions or more to the point. It can be about an iconic attraction that's about to come down in the city of Chicago for appeasement reasons. Yeah, and maybe, I think James had a great idea, by the way. So if you have other ideas, I want to hear them. 888-876-5593. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. Speaking of attractions, and that's what we are speaking of, RoadsideAmerica.com. Doug Kirby is the publisher. And do the hard copy books still exist? Well, no, we stopped doing the books because we realized, you know, when we, we would do the books and we'd have all these great ideas and we had to fit it into a couple hundred pages. And through the magic of the Internet, we can just go on and on about these attractions. We have about uh, 12,000 on the website, a total of about 15,000 we're tracking. And uh, so it, really it's, it's more fun the way we do it now. We can link the crazy things. You know, we can take mm. the beer-drinking goats in Texas and link them to the feigning goats up on the Canadian border and, you know, have, have a little fun that way. I find the most interesting ones very often are like the Watchtowers or like the Carl Castle in Homestead, Florida, or in Illinois, the tree made of steel wheels. I can, and, and that supposedly only took the guy in, what, 1998, uh, uh, what, I, I guess it was 21 days to weld each wheel in place. But some of these, these people worked for their entire lifetime on these exhibits. Are there a lot of them? Yes, yes, the... Uh they're outsider art environments. They're usually uh, creations. It might fill an entire uh, person's property or uh, backyard or whatever. And uh, a lot of times they won't be trained at all in uh, sculpture or art, but they just have a passion. They might have worked as a builder or had some trade that uh, might have been a, a plumber. And they realize, uh, hey, I, I want to make something. I'm good with uh, my hands and, and I'm creative. And so these things start to build and then what eventually happens is they get to a size where the person can't stop they start to get a little publicity people start coming to see it and then you know the 20 30 years may go go by there's um 
there's a place in California out in the uh, uh, the Salton Sea area in the desert called Salvation Mountain, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Leonard Knight who went out there. He started painting just the side of a hill with paint. It wasn't even his property; it was on government land. He built he, so he painted this entire scene with biblical quotes and colorful flowers and everything built into it, and that's uh, an outsider art environment that people love to go to, and they're trying to preserve it. Wow. Now, if there are a lot of these, as you say, and you've probably seen most of them, or at least seen them by pictures, but in person in person as well, what are the ones where you've said, oh my God, I can't believe it? Well, uh, let's see, a few... There, there's a great one outside of Birmingham, Alabama. It's the African Village in America, and it's a, an, an artist, Joe Minter. Since 1989, he just uh, was inspired by uh, his beliefs and by God to start uh, telling the story of uh, African-American history with a bunch of junk and toys and dolls and things that he collected. And so you go there, and it's amazing because it's artistic. It's got sort of that hoarder look to it, but yet it's all creative. And he has a story behind every single thing. And, you know, when you're there, you'll find out things that you didn't know. You'll get this sort of hidden history uh, that, you know, isn't exactly maybe what you heard in, in school. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a great way to present that. Uh, there's the Enchanted Highway in North Dakota, that's uh, Gary Greff, realized his town of Regent was dying. It was about 30 miles off the interstate. It was getting depopulated. So he started building these monumental sculptures every few miles up the road, 30 miles up to the interstate, and now it's called the Enchanted Highway. And people wow. actually traveled to North Dakota, who probably otherwise wouldn't have gone to that state, <laughs> and uh, just to see his sculpture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's like, to me, when I think North Dakota, I say, well, wait a minute, there's a Roger Maris Museum and three display cases at the mall in Fargo. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Yes, we're talking about Roadside America, and if you want the final word, well, by all means, 888-876-5593, 8888-RALEIGH on WGN Radio. We've been talking with Doug Kirby, who is the publisher for RoadsideAmerica.com, and it's not a book anymore, and it is a website that's just a delight. The first thing I looked at, Doug, was uh, uh, the airport museum, well, the airport graveyard, actually, in Mojave. Have you ever been out there? Yeah, I've seen it from a distance. I haven't been overhead, but uh, that that place is is great, yeah. It's uh, all the old... Uh, all the old planes are out there, or, or they just they decommissioned. Uh, I guess actually, right now, I bet there's a lot more than there normal, are. But just planes that have been grounded. Right, there are. And the first time I saw that, I was on the Antelope Freeway 14, and coming up. And there was an optical illusion as you approached it because there was a convenience store, and it looked like there were 32 747s at the convenience store. And I just absolutely fell in love with that. And I think that I don't know if the convenience store is still there or not because I've driven to try and see it again and never, never have. But it's one of those where I sure wish I, I took a picture. But the nice thing is you have uh, probably tens of thousands of people who were contributing to RoadsideAmerica.com with pictures all the time. Yeah, and we have an iPhone app, and that's been a big uh, plus for us because people are out there, you know, we're getting these things all day long where people are sending us uh, new photos and reports of, of changes. And so it's been really good because there might be something, you know, we can't go to these places every year. We might have seen yeah. a place three times, but the last time might have been five years ago. So it's nice to see the reports come in and, you know, and then we can keep the stuff very up to date. 
I think it's great. I think it's an absolute resource, and I thank you for spending an hour with me. Yeah, no, thanks, Charlie. This was great. All right, we'll do it again.